Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. My name is Tony Roig. I am a dedicated pickleball professional holding the highest accreditation available in the sport as a master teaching professional, and I'm also a senior pro pickleball player. My dedication, as well as that of my partner, CJ Johnson, is to help you in your pickleball journey as much as we possibly can. And that includes not just, you know, how to hit balls on the courts, which is important. It also includes your mind, which is pickleball therapy, as well as your relationship with pickleball, which again is pickleball therapy. This is episode 142 of our podcast. What that tells you is that we are serious about bringing you this sort of content. We are not, uh, we did, we, you know, our, there's many podcasts out there that stopped at episode 15, at 20, at 12, uh, and nothing, no criticism of those podcast uh, content creators. That's, you know, their choice and, and how they want to handle themselves. But in terms of our relationship with you and what we want to bring you, we are here to stay with our podcast because we know from what you tell us that this podcast and the content it brings you helps you, right? And it's, it's, it's a positive experience you're having, not just with the podcast, but also with your development with Pickleball. Um, I say it at the end of every podcast, but this time I'm going to say it at the beginning. If you have a friend out there who maybe is struggling with the game, maybe needs some 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 help right they could they could use some reframing of their relationship with pickleball please do share the podcast with them uh, we have had the experience again that this podcast you know it, it it has profound impact on certain players and if your friend is in a place where maybe they're looking for some help and they're they're having some difficulty eh, perhaps this podcast might help certainly can't hurt and it's a 15 minute and 15 minute investment they have to make so uh, please uh, feel free to share the podcast and Please rate and review it. It help rating and review it helps us reach other players, players who may not know, but who like you would benefit from this podcast. All right, this week we're going to be talking about two different things. I just came back from the Champions Cup up in New York. It was fantastic at Billie Jean, Billie Jean King Tennis Center, uh, where the U.S. Open of Tennis is played. It's an iconic place if you're a tennis player, or even if you're just a tennis fanatic, right, or tennis lover. You've watched matches on those courts, Arthur Ashe Stadium, and things like that. And, you know, every time I participate in one of these events, I gain some additional perspective, some additional way of thinking about the game. And I had a, a match that I'll share with you during the riff that I that, you know, I, it's a this, it's a positive way of looking at adversity and, and challenge and contest. And, and I think it'll really help you out. So we'll talk about it in the riff. But in the main section of the podcast, we're going to start off by talking about the other side of stress in episode 140 which is two weeks ago, if you're listening to it in, in, a, in a, you know, when this is published, we talked about the two sides of stress and we talked about stress resistance. Today, we're going to be talking about adding stress to your game. In other words, being able to impart stress, not adding stress to yourself, but being able to impart stress to your opponents. And stress here, as I'll explain more in a second, we're talking about things like you know putting your opponent under physical stress during a shot, not psychological stress of you know trying to freak them out or anything like that. Before we dive into the stress addition part of the stress imparting part of this uh, the side of things, I wanted to update you on a couple of things that are coming up. Uh, one is that we have a huge paddle resource hub that we just uh, launched, right? We just put out there for you. Um, you know, we know that selecting a paddle can be very difficult. And so we put out a, an entire paddle resource hub, basically, which has two guides. It has some blogs. It has uh, some resources that you can you can access to help you, some videos to help you understand paddles better. And not just understand paddles, also understand paddles 
you, you, what's important, right? Not just this, the, the stuff, the fluff that you hear out there about, you know, different terms that are used about paddles that frankly are not helpful as we explained in there. Um, but you know, there are some characteristics of a paddle that are hyper important, that are super important, that are really, you know, not focused on. And so we, we, we've put those together for you. We also put together an open letter to manufacturers because we believe in our position in pickleball is that we, we view ourselves as, as, as advocating for you as a player. Myself and CJ, we know these things, right? So we know what to look for. We understand what we're trying to get in a paddle. So we really don't need what we ask the manufacturers to do because we can do that ourselves. But we know that, you know, being out there, you got busy lives, you got other things to worry about than the details of a paddle. Having the information that we sit, that we request in the open letter to paddle manufacturers is going to help players like you select their paddles in the future. And the reason I, I share this with you is not just to let you know that we've done it, but also to let you know that if there's ever a situation in pickleball where you think there's a major topic or a major area that would help lots of players, right, um, let us know. Send us an email. You can always email me, Tony, at betterpickleball.com. And you know, I'll, I'm happy to, to, to take a look at it. If, if it seems to be something that we can, we can um, opine on, we will. We, we opined on the spin serve. Uh, you may remember this when there was the issue of the, you know, the pre-spun ball. So the, the chainsaw serve and the one that you could flick out of your, your finger. Um, you know, we, we don't have anything against innovation and against growth and development of the sport. But there are boundaries, just like there are in any sport. But, you know, so we took a position on that. So we're happy to take positions that will help players. Uh, and we're happy to use our position in the, in the pickleball world to do so. Um, the next thing I wanted to mention to you is mark your calendars. End of June, so June 25 through 28th, is the 2023 Pickleball Summit. It's a lot of fun. We have some fantastic presentations. Uh, the, the, the presentations, many of the presentations are pre-recorded so that basically the, um, uh, you know, the, the, like when we're on court, we, we see a pro at the open or that we know there's going to be a presenter. So we capture the information then so we can get, get it on court. So we know that these presentations are going to be awesome. Uh, I mean, the present, the, the, you know, we have some third shot presentations, some paddle position presentations, dinking, um, you know, court awareness things, mental part of the game, body. I mean, the summit covers everything. So mark your calendars uh, and make sure you get your ticket to the summit. You're going to want to come to at least some of the presentations um, and uh, check those out. So definitely have that on your calendar. All right, let's jump into stress and the two parts of stress and and how you can use those and understand that understanding that how that can help you uh, fill in areas in your game that you want to improve on that you want to work on. Um, just like we did on episode 140, we're going to do a visual video. So this podcast will have all the information you need, but if you want to watch the video visual part of it, where I'm at the board behind me, you know, explaining a little bit more in terms of the two sides of stress resistance and stress imparting or stress addition. You can find that at Pickleball Therapy on YouTube. Um, just like with the podcast, subscribe to the channel, please. You'll get notified of future videos just like that one. But in terms of you know stress, thinking of the two sides of stress as a pickleball player, there's the side of stress that we talked about more at episode 140, which is the side of stress that has to do with resisting it, meaning you know, when you're under attack, uh, even just general stressors, you know, I can tell you that this uh, last week when I was playing in New York, the, you know, I could see players get 
get um, influenced, I should say, negatively by stressors, including noise, including, you know, uh, there was a situation that happened. Actually, I'll share this with you, a situation that happened on uh, Tuesday. There was a group of us who were practicing on a court, uh, getting ready because we played on Wednesday. And uh, I mean, being frank, we were being pretty loud and rambunctious and joking around because we're all, you know, we're all senior pro players. We don't get to see each other that often. Um, you know, so this it be, turns into like an open play for us, uh, you know, where we're, and we have a lot of pent up energy because we're not seeing each other every week or every three days or how often you're seeing your, your friends. And so it got pretty rambunctious. We were joking around and things like that. Next to us, there was a gold medal match and the referee came over and asked us to go to another court. Now, I'm not saying that they were wrong in asking us to move because of how rambunctious we were being. Uh, so I'm not going to suggest that, but I will suggest that that there's a threshold that you should have that you can focus on what it is you need to focus on because the more, and you should work on moving that threshold up. This is part of stress resistance, which is how much can I, how much disruption or noise or, or outside influences can I resist before my game starts to break down? Um, you know, I've played with players who like when a plane flies over, they won't serve. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that that's obviously a distraction to the player. And so, you know, working on being able to play with noise is going to help you because you won't be influenced by things that are going to happen when you're playing pickleball. So that's stress resistance. And and the more you can, that's an example of stress resistance, just even resisting noise. The other example that I gave last week was something like, you know, getting smashed, right? So you're getting a ball smashed at you. That's stress being applied to you by your opponents in the form of a very hard hit ball, um, either hitting it well towards your feet, towards your towards your uh, knees. And so your ability to resist that stress is another form of stress resistance that you can work on. The more impervious you become to stress, the more difficult you become to break down and to beat. The other side of the equation, if you will, is your ability to impart stress. So let's dive into that a little bit more. Um, what does that mean to impart stress and know how to impart stress on your opponents? And I mentioned this uh, in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the earlier. I, I'm not suggesting that you um, harass your opponents. I'm not suggesting that you engage in, you know, mind games. I know there are players who do that. I don't recommend that because I think that, you know, you need to, even though you're trying to impart stress to your opponents, uh, you need to maintain uh, perspective, right, in terms of the game being bigger than us, in terms of, you know, why are we out here? Are we out here to win this point or are we out here to just, test ourselves and to battle and to compete and to give our best and to uh, represent ourselves and the sport as best we can. So there's a limit to what you will do to impart stress. Uh, we suggest imparting stress and learning how to impart stress within the bounds of sportsmanship and the rules of the game. But an example of learning how to impart stress, I'll give you a, a pretty low-hanging fruit here. It's dinking with more purpose and intentionality and understanding that you can use dinking not just to get out of uh, trouble, which is stress resistance, right? The other, the other side of this coin, you can use your dinking to impart stress. And the way you do that is you find spots on the court where your opponents aren't standing and you push the ball into those spots, making your opponents move to the ball to hit it. Anytime you make your opponent move, you're imparting stress on that opponent. And think about it, you know, just think about it, think through it, right? So you have an opponent standing in a position on the court, pick any position you want, and you hit the ball directly at them. They don't have to move at all. 
maybe you hit it in a way that they don't even have to bend their knees or anything like that. They just basically hit the ball back to you. Not very stressful, right? Now think of a situ- same situation. You have a player standing in a position of the court in a certain, you know, maybe a very upright position, and you hit a ball, you know, as far to their right as possible without risking the out to- out of bounds too much, and also in a way that makes them makes them uh, get down for the ball. Stressful. So now you've taken a shot and you've decided to make it more stressful than you had originally done when you hit it straight at them. That's an example of applying stress. And you can start applying stress to your opponents with, um, I'm going to say, fairly simple techniques like that. Uh, and, and in fact, if you come to the summit, uh, Pickle Pong Deb, uh, Deb Harrison, one of the greatest, uh, um, you know, one of the legends of our sport, um, is giving a presentation on how to apply stress through dinking. And so you can learn how to use the, the simple dink, right? The, the baby dink, the, the nothing shot to apply a ton of stress to your opponents. And if you watch the pros, that's a lot of times what they're doing. They're dinking in a way to try and create stress. And from stress comes what? Comes the pop-up. And then if you get the pop-up, then you get apply more stress through your put-away. So you can think about applying stress in different ways. Another, another example of applying stress would be a deeper return of serve. The deeper your return of serve, the higher the stress on your opponent. The shorter your return of serve, the less stress on your opponents. So you start thinking about your shots and yourself as a player in terms of how well am I able to resist stress, right? And how well am I able to impart stress to my opponents? And that having that both sides of that, building both sides of that as a player is how you're going to become a truly well-rounded player. Now, I want to be clear about this. It is more beneficial to you to first learn how to resist stress. The more you can resist stresses, all sorts of stresses, the more difficult it is to break you down as a player, you become the wall. You become that player that just doesn't make a mistake. Now, you may not be hitting those you know, sexy shots. You may not be hitting um, you know, amazing dinks that are putting stress on your opponents. But simply by resisting stress, most times, your opponents will break down first. So your opponents will have a break in their game. They'll miss a shot. They'll put it in the net or they'll, they'll hit it long or wide. And you win the rally that way. Now, if you, don't know, if you can't resist stress and all you can do is import stress, it's going to be difficult for you to advance and to, and to improve. Because what will happen is invariably you're going to run into somebody who has better ability to resist your stress. And if they can hit the ball back once or twice and you're done, it's pretty easy for them to resist that stress. They just know, oh, I just got to reach that ball that you hit to my side, get it over the net once, maybe hit a second one, and you're going to miss your next shot. Then it's not going to, your, your stress imparting won't be as effective as if you're the wall first and then able to impart stress. And I'll give you an example of this. If you watch the Johns brothers, okay, so Colin Johns and Ben Johns, the best pickleball doubles team in the world, watch them play a match. And if we can get carried away with the, you know, some of the excitement, right? The the bang bang and the the, the Ernie or the you know the, the the exciting stuff. But if you really watch their play, their play is based on stress resistance first. They are going to not make a mistake. They are going to put the and by being stress resistant, they they actually create stress. Right? That's another wrinkle that we'll talk about more in depth in another podcast. But 
by by adding by input by being able to resist stress, their opponents start feeling like a chokehold being applied to them, and so they they just they they just get constricted out there, and eventually the Johns team comes out ahead. Yes, there's some exciting shots they hit. There's some really highlight worthy stuff, but that's not how they're winning because other teams are hitting highlight worthy shots too, not having the success of the Johns brothers. And speaking of that, Colin Johns will be at the summit, and he's going to be talking about discipline now. You may look at that and go, oh, geez, discipline. I don't, you know, it's like eating broccoli or something. You got, you're going to want to see that. If you listen to this podcast and you're serious about improving, you're going to want to watch Colin's presentation on discipline uh, at the summit because he is one of, that's his greatest strength, I would suggest. He has great shots, but his greatest strength is actually his discipline when he plays. And he knows what he wants to do out there. He knows the the strategy that he and his brother Ben are going to try and execute. And he is just so disciplined, as well as his brother, at doing the things that they need to do to be successful. So you want to check that out. Now, one more quick selling point on stress resistance is this. We are going to have a a soft game boot camp, if you will, coming up at the end of July. I don't know the exact date right this second, but if you're on here, I'm imagining you're on our email list at betterpickleball.com. Um, we are pickleball.com, which is becoming better pickleball.com. But if you're on our email list, you will have a notification of this, but you're going to want to come to our soft game bootcamp because we're going to be talking about these sorts of concepts and how you can use the soft game in order to, uh, constrict your opponent in order to just frustrate your opponent. And what you'll do then is if, if you really want to keep going is after the bootcamp, you'll join us inside the pickleball system class because, the pickleball system class will give you all of the tools that you need so that you can both resist stress as well as start imparting more stress to your opponents and play your best pickleball. All right, let's jump right into the riff, which is the, oh, and I almost forgot to say this. I'll put some links down in the show notes on both these things. Um, if you're on our email list, like I said earlier, you're going to get notified anyway, but if you're not on our email list, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can join our email list and make sure you get notified of these things. All right, let's talk about... Um, you know, a, a little different way of looking at perspective, right? Let's talk about celebrating not just victories, but celebrating the event itself, the the game or the match you had itself. And I want to dive into a match that we had during the Champions Cup in New York. Um, I had, uh, well, all of us had played in the morning. We had played a gender in the morning. And so we had played three rounds of gender. Um, and then we had played, and then in the afternoon, and then we had a lunch. We had a beautiful uh, tour of Arthur Ashe Stadium. It was really interesting to see the the back end of it. Uh, we had a, a fantastic speech by former top player Leslie Allen about uh, uh, you know her experiences in sport. But uh, what was really interesting to see was you know she was a, a top ten. Uh, I think she was top ten doubles and top twenty singles, or vice versa. But very accomplished tennis player in her day, right? And uh, she had played all over the world, played in, in, um, at the Billie Jean King Tennis Center at the U.S. Open. Now she's playing pickleball. And it was really interesting to see her, uh, you know, player as accomplished as her in tennis. Now that she's come over to pickleball, oh, my, she is so into pickleball. And to hear her talk about going to the township and, and request more open play and things like that was just is, is awesome to see the impact of pickleball, um, you know, regardless of what your background is, including very high level uh, tennis players. 
But then after lunch, we had our, our mixed doubles. And we, uh, my, me and my partner Pam went out to the court uh, to play Kelly and Bill, uh, two very good players. And we just had a, we had a slugfest. I mean, it was an awesome, awesome match. Uh, I, I'm kind of upset at myself that I, I wasn't able to record that one because I just time didn't allow for me to set up the camera and then come down and warm up and get my partner ready and everything. So don't have a recording of it, but I can tell you about it. And so it was one of these matches that it, we play one game to 15 in this format. And we, it was, it was, you know, they were, I think we started off ahead then they went up ahead then then we came back ahead and then they went back ahead and it was just, you know, uh, tit for tat, some really, really good rallies. And then we get to the meat of the, the heart of the matter. Right. And I believe that they had, if I recall correctly, they had match uh, points first at 14, 12, I think it was. And, uh, we ended up fending those off at some point we end up, you know, 14, 14, then they end up 15, 14, and then we tie it up at 15, and ultimately they end up prevailing 17, 15. Okay, fantastic match. I mean, just a great match all the way around. They made adjustments, we made adjustments. They made great plays, we made great plays. They made mistakes, we made mistakes. I mean, it's everything that pickleball is. And we got done, and um, and I could tell that Pam, my partner, felt kind of down about it, right? Kind of upset that we had lost. And so I said, Pam, that was. That was a fantastic match. And it was. Objectively, it was just a fantastic match. Um, so one side of that coin, right? There's two sides to this. One side of that coin was our side potentially feeling down, right? Because we lost, right? We got the L. Oh, no. You know, we lost. That's not good. And, you know, I was talking to Bill and Kelly about it. And it was interesting because I got to see the other side of the coin. And I think it's important to recognize this because it'll help you when you're out there. Invariably, you're going to lose a game. And I'll tell you this. If you're not losing games... You're not challenging yourself, and that's what you want. You want to get pushed. You want to get challenged. And so, you know, I, I said to Bill and Kelly, that was a really awesome match. You know, that was, that, you know, that was awesome, you know, and it was. And Kelly says, uh, she said to me, I needed that one because I guess she had had a rough morning, right, in terms of her results in the morning and felt like she wasn't doing what she could do. And she's a very accomplished athlete prior to pickleball. Uh, so, you know, she was like, oh, you know, she kind of looked at me, smiled and said, I needed that one. And you could see the happiness that she had from being able to come out on top. And so think about it when you're, you know, it's sort of like yin and a yang, right? Uh, or matter, anti-matter, however you like to think about it. Whenever you're feeling maybe a little bit down about your performance or, or and, and I'm talking now about those battles that are like, I'm not talking about the 15 ones where it just, you know, it wasn't your day. And because the other team, here's the thing, when you're, when you're in a 15 one match or an 11 zero match or something like that, um, normally the other team is happy that they won, but they're not feeling elated. There's no elation on the other side because it's 11 zero or 11 three or something like that, right? Usually when you're talking about elation on one side, it's because the match is like 11-9, 12-10, you know, 11-8 even. And one of those matches that just got to 8-8 and just got crazy for a while and then they were able to break through. So the the way to think about it is that the maybe the worst you're feeling about it, on the other side of the of the of the court of the net, there's a team that feels opposite well about it. And the reason I tell this to you is because I want you to use that to maintain a more balanced perspective about what's happening on the on the court uh, you know when you win or when you lose um understanding that that there's joy on the court even in a loss in a hard-fought battle 
in that 17-15 match, there was nobody, nobody on that court needed to put their head down. Nobody on that court needed to be um, upset that we had lost that match. Um, we did everything we could. Credit to Bill and Kelly for doing everything that they could. They could. They could. And again, they are out there competing as hard as we are. They're out there giving it their all, just like we're giving it our all. And if you're playing this game, it has a score. And sometimes you're the winner, and sometimes you're not the winner. But I don't know that that makes you the loser. That's why I didn't use that term there. It just makes you the team that didn't get to the score before the other team did in that particular situation. And remember the other side of the coin, that there's somebody on the other side that is very happy that they won. And the more we can do to honor that, the more we can do to um, celebrate that, if you will, uh, is is going to make you feel better. It's going to elevate the game. It's going to elevate everything around you because... Remember when you're going to be, sometimes you're going to be the 17 and they're going to be the 15 and it's going to be much better when they're celebrating you. All right. Hope that you enjoyed this week's podcast. I am off to Tahoe for three weeks of camps. Please make sure you join us for the summit. Uh, I'd love to see you at the soft game boot camp, and uh, hopefully in the next system class. Uh, if you're not already in the system, uh, you know, it's uh, just uh, an amazing way to learn how to play pickleball and You'll hear it at the boot camp, but we've removed. There's no obstacles to joining the system. You can join the system no matter where you're at in life or what's going on. Uh, it's very important for CJ and I to be able to help any player out there who wants to improve as a pickleball player. Um, as I said at the beginning, please rate and review the podcast. It helps us reach other players. And as always, share the podcast with your friends. If you enjoyed it, they probably will too. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.